person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one co-host two the name of the show Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane. And welcome to Shenanigans in Sue. A podcast where we can do whatever we want, baby. We ain't lost. <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merit as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, new releases, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll look at the chemistry between the leads, the use of tropes, and of course... The shenanigans! Yay, shenanigans! <laughs> and don't forget the pressing question that we all want the answer to. If this movie was a cheese, what kind of cheese would it be? I know, it's the most important question. I ask myself every night. It's truly the only question why anyone's <laughs> tuning in. I know. So, <laughs> last episode, we looked at 13 Going on 30, an early 2000s classic. And for this episode, we're going to go... A little bit further back to a 90s classic, Pretty Woman! Yay! Now, this movie was released in 1990, so if it's been a while since you've done a rewatch, here's a quick synopsis. After her roommate Kit blows all of their rent money on buying drugs, sex worker Vivian needs to land a big spender quickly. She seems to get a lucky break when she's picked up by lost and lonely businessman Edward who needs directions. After some banter, she accepts his proposition of hiring her for a week to keep him company and accompany him to work events. Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> <laughs> so, first things first, this movie has incredible dialogue. Such great dialogue, and not just for the main characters, but the supporting and even the featured characters have amazing dialogue too they really do oh man did you write some of your favorite quotes because i definitely wrote some favorite uh, quotes. i did yes so one of my favorite things right off the top there is a murdered sex worker in an alley and the show opens with the discovery of this woman and how the lifestyle and where she is currently is quite dangerous for vivian mm -hmm. and so there's police officers there and the police officers go up to a few people who are taking pictures and ask, hey, are you with the press? And the couple says, no, we're from Florida. <laughs> so they're just tourists. <laughs> so funny. I just... <laughs> and that's within the first, like, two, three minutes. Or like... <laughs> the opening scene is just rich. <laughs> There's so much happening. And it's funny. It really is. It's so good. And there's so many, they make so many dick jokes. I watched this as a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't remember all those dick jokes. Right. I don't remember <laughs> a lot watching this movie when I was a kid. My favorite bit, I guess, throughout the movie that just has, to me, such a perfect little ending with a couplet of lines is the whole Vivian is the niece of Edward. I think there's one from Richard Gere. He says... She's not my niece, and how do I know that? Because I'm an only child. It's just yes. Uh, but that's actually not my favorite <laughs> pair of lines. My favorite is when she goes to the department store because Mr. Thompson hooks her up, and she meets Bridget, who's just lovely. And then um, Vivian says, hey, Bridge, he's not really my uncle. 
And then Bridge just says, so deadpan, they never idea. I, I just love that little couplet of lines. I loved that so much. That woman steals the show in that moment. Amazing. Amazing. Such fun, fun lines everywhere. You know what's so funny, talking about Bridget a little more, is that I noticed very early on Mr. Thompson, uh, who also plays Joe in The Princess Diaries, and this woman, and I forgot, oh, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten to look up her name, but she is also in The Princess Diaries too. Oh. She plays the villain's wife or something. I love that. Yeah, because um, the director, Gary Marshall, also directed The Princess Diaries. I was going to say, it's usually the same production house. Yeah, exactly. And there, so there are quite a few actors who are also in The Princess Diaries. Oh my goodness. And I some of my other top jokes were i don't want a beck and call girl <laughs> that one was really good <laughs> and also can we just like take note of how much of a delight it was when they go to the opera and she looks oh my and word. she sees the pit and she says oh there's a band I thought you were going to, to the orchestra. I thought you were going to talk about the other line where the elderly woman after the oh opera. that one's good too. After the opera, I it was so good. I almost peed myself. I loved it. So funny. Um, and she always delivers them so genuinely. It's so fun. So genuinely, like you can totally understand why Julia Roberts won over Hollywood after this, after this role, because. What a delight. Seriously. This movie's so full of little throwaway lines that are just so funny. Like, just the little bit of when they're in the department store after Vivian had the whole moment with the classic line of big mistake, huge. Um, and the store manager, I guess? Just the bit about all the Marys. Like, all the store assistants are some sort of Mary. Mary-Kate, Mary-Ashley. <laughs> just found it so funny they really did such a good job with that stuff oh and i think this is my last one and this one is a little rough it's a little rougher of a joke but it was still really funny when he first propositions that she moves to new york um and that he's going to put her up in a nice apartment and mm -hmm. pay for everything um he said something to the effect of we've got to get you off the streets which is just really insulting yeah but her response is so good the writing for that her response is that's just geography <laughs> <laughs> yes girl so many great little zippy lines and i really appreciate that basically everyone in the entire cast even unnamed characters just had some really fun lines yeah i was really impressed by that I wasn't thinking about that before we went to start. I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to have an excellent script yes. for writing and for character development. Yeah, completely. Some of this character work and development is so much fun. And also big shout out to Jason Alexander, who is always so great, even when he's being a creep. And was he ever a creep in this movie? Oh, goodness. Okay, and so that's a good segue to... Some of the bad. Uh, yeah, before we get into the shenanigans. Shenanigans! <laughs> Let's talk about some of the issues we had with this movie. 
So the movie was originally meant to be a lot darker, but then was rewritten to be a rom-com. So yeah, what that means is tonally you can sometimes feel that it was meant to be something different, especially because the shift happened so late in the creative process. Yeah, and I, I, I think we both concur we felt that a little bit when watching the movie. Yeah, you can feel it. I, I knew going in what the movie's about. I've seen it before when I was a kid. And I also know now as an adult that it was meant to have a different ending. So I kind of was maybe more aware of that going through it. Yeah. The last time I watched this movie as well, I was a child and I think I half watched it and didn't really understand it at the time. Um, So definitely this time going in, I knew as well there was meant to be a darker ending. But yeah, I, f- I found it interesting going and knowing that. Yeah, I guess um, now that we all know, let's just kind of dive in, I guess. So this was always a Disney film, <laughs> which is incredibly surprising considering the fact that the main character and like the main push of the story is it's the story of this sex worker. It's wild. Like how on earth did Disney come into possession of this movie? <laughs> I'm really not sure. I don't remember the details for that part, but yeah, it's just so interesting that they would even pick this up in the first place yeah and especially because in the original ending of the movie vivian and kit are supposed to be on a bus heading to disneyland yeah which is yeah we talked about this earlier and for everyone else we think that's the reason why disney bonnet (laughs) and then they were like wait a minute disney's part of a sad ending we can't have that in a disney movie and they decided to change it to a happier ending i don't i think that i'm pretty sure i I could be misremembering but i'm pretty sure it changed because they put it in front of a test audience and the original ending had him leaving her where he found her on the street and basically giving her a stack of money and her throwing the money back at him and wow yeah and then they get on the bus to go to disney world and from what I remember, they didn't change the ending until they ran it in front of a test audience. What? It got that far in the creative process? Yeah, like it was done. And again, maybe I'm misremembering, but I'm pretty sure this is the one where they ran the ending for a test audience. And then the audience hated the fact that they broke up so badly that they couldn't keep the ending. All I'd read was that, and I may be misremembering, but that a producer thought that this was probably not the best ending for the movie and Disney execs agreed with it. I didn't come across anything about test audiences, but I believe it. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to throw her out of the car. She was never going to see him again. It's brutal ending to what is now considered to be like a classic rom-com. That's a brutal original ending. I know, right? Especially like for Richard Greer. <laughs> Uh, especially for Richard Gere, where you can't do him dirty like that. I love that you said Richard Greer because Judy I, Greer is still on our mind. That's got to be why. I'm leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be. Amazing. <laughs> we love Judy Greer, in case that wasn't abundantly obvious in the first episode. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. Um, in addition, uh, Vivian was also supposed to be a coke addict which is also a very dark element. He was going to pay her additional money to stay clean for the week that she was with him. Oh, yikes. Mm-hmm. Which isn't dangerous at all to, like, go cold turkey. No. Oh, gosh. Okay, so before we get into, like, the fun stuff, like, obviously, there's plenty of shenanigans, and the dialogue and the writing in this movie is pretty top tier, not gonna lie. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. But... 
there's obviously so many issues with the context and the sex work and everything that's going on, especially given the time period. Um, so I guess, yeah, like, before we totally jump into it, like, let's maybe talk about some of those things that came up. Yeah, so we are both of the opinion that sex work is real work and people deserve to be treated fairly and ethically. And for a lot of people, this is just their regular jobs. It's like an office job. They're not being human trafficked. They're not forced into this career path because of really terrible things that happened in their life. It just happens to be their job. That's not the case in this movie, though. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, technically, it is her job. It's what she's doing for work at the moment. But the context, once you get further along in the movie, you come to find out that she's not really doing it by choice. And it becomes really problematic. Yeah, and she hasn't been doing it for very long, either. No, Um. so basically... You find out throughout the course of the movie, slowly but surely, that she moved to L.A. to pursue a man. She moves because she's in love, and then something happens, they're no longer together, and she needs to pay the bills. So her friend tells her about the sex work. She apparently cried after the first one, Mm -hmm. and it's my opinion, given the way that it's built up, that Vivian doesn't really want to be doing this work no she and for me that's hugely problematic yeah like i love it for kit kit's into it like kit knows what the deal is she's owning it yeah and really all that's happened is that poor vivian is doing this for some money is not really emotionally equipped to do this kind of work and then she goes and makes the number one mistake that you should never make which is falling for one of the johns yep Which happens a lot. It's hard to separate your feelings from this kind of work. But you still have to be able to tell yourself those feelings aren't real. Especially because it happens in a week. I'm not saying you can't fall in love with someone in the course of a week. But she knows the circumstances under which she's entering this relationship. Mm -hmm. So for it to all go down in a week is just, oh, girl. Yeah. And then the thing that makes me crazy the thing that makes me absolutely bonkers is that the perpetuation of the same mistake occurs at the end where he offers to bring her to new york Mm. and now she's going to move to a new big city all by herself like with no support system because he lives in new york city and he's going to put her up and if they don't make it as a relationship if they don't make it as a couple then she's going to be left in a new city now with nothing and having to do the same thing over again and that is just so unconscionable to me that that would be the moral of the story yeah it really bummed me out when (sighs) i understand why you need the big romantic gesture at the end but they don't have a conversation in terms of resolving the issue in the first place like the issue that she had in terms of and then what you put me up in an apartment and then what happens to me like that doesn't get spoken about nope he just arrives at her place in a limo and that's the end he doesn't say like don't worry baby we in this together as a team of course I've you know or whatever nope I really actually needed a big speech from him in that end scene that would have been a good place for the trope of a big romantic speech <laughs> yes <laughs> where he says how much he values her as a woman and you know resolves the issues that they had in that last fight 
when she left. I agree. That needed to happen. But also, I don't think it's Edward's fault because his trauma response to being made to climb up the fucking balcony. (laughs) (laughs) This poor man has this fear of heights and is constantly putting himself or finds himself in positions of being really high up. Yes. Very funny. So she makes him climb the fire escape. I guess maybe he was doing it as a romantic gesture. Like, you know, I'm afraid of heights. Like, let me climb up this fire escape for you. But like, that's what? Girl, buzz him up. Oh, goodness gracious me. Um, Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I really felt as though we could have seen Vivian's story with the... Was he in a band? The guy she followed to LA? I don't remember. First, like, I feel like we could have watched that movie. Yeah. And then we've watched this movie with her and Edward. And then we we could watch another movie set in New York of what happens to her with Edward and the next guy. You yeah, know. the sequel is actually just The Runaway Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the fun stuff. We're just going to rattle off a few of the tropes and then we'll expand, talk about them a little bit more. Okay, perfect. This movie had three montages. So many montages. (laughs) There was the opening setup montage. There was the makeover montage. There was the we're dating and falling in love montage. (laughs) Those are so many montages. So many montages. All of them excellent. (laughs) Every single one a gem. (laughs) Then we had a meet cute. A really good meet cute, by the way. We'll get into that. And then there was the falling in love with someone you're not meant to. A grand gesture at a window. Oh, yeah. Always good. Then there's the fish out of water. The change of heart. Sassy best friend. Love it. Kit is amazing. And then pretty woman itself, which has kind of become a trope in pop culture, or at least it's referenced a lot in pop culture. Right. Which, to be fair is essentially just the Pygmalion. Yes, and My Fair Lady. Correct. So, let's go into these tropes. We already went over the montage. They don't need another little rundown. There was three of them. It was hilarious. (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but that meet cute. It was very, pardon the pun, cute. What a delightful meet cute. It really was. Um, to have stolen your lawyer's hot rod (laughs) that you can't drive (laughs) in a town that you don't know right and like not to be heteronormative because most people don't know anything about cars and to find the only woman probably within at least a five mile radius that knows anything about cars (laughs) but like to find her and be like hey i need directions (laughs) just so random and fun and she just kind of rolls with it as well (laughs) seriously and i also just like love kit being like there you go now you can get us the rent money go on kit is so chill she's just like there you go (laughs) off you go don't complain see the universe provided oh we love kit i want a kit movie she's an absolute disaster and she should not have spent the rent money like that but also she did give her a place to sleep and like she can be a pretty chill lady it seems like yeah uh, for her friends yeah especially because they don't know each other for that long no and she just lets her like move in yeah yeah um then we have the falling in love with someone you're not meant to 
I don't know, as we've said, we sort of have a couple issues with how this is portrayed, especially the power dynamic between the two of them, given that he's employing her and there's a, yeah. a massive age gap between the two of them. Between, like, the power dynamics at play plus the age difference, it's really... Ugh. Mm-hmm. This is not a fun Romeo and Juliet not meant to be. No. This is a... Yeah. it's No. Especially watching it now, it's just a little especially when he says the line of I want you at my beck and call all of me was just like who yeah (laughs) because like what are the terms of this you know yep 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 luckily for her it ends up being pretty chilled his definition of beck and call but that's quite a scary phrase to utter yeah and you can kind of see her go through the process of thinking about all of that during the scene like you can see her wheels turning as she's trying to figure out what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. and then eventually coming to the realization when he doesn't try to be weird or pull anything funny yeah over the course of the evening and she really is allowed to stay there then it becomes more comfortable yeah 100 percent then we go on to the grand gesture at a window. Oh, it's no boombox, but a limo and honking that horn is pretty good. <laughs> and a rose. Oh, a bunch of roses. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the roses. The roses. And especially because we know he's afraid of heights. It ha- adds a additional emotional weight. Yes. And while I do love the use of the trope with him showing up at the window, and obviously it's well received in this case, but mm-hmm. like, can we also talk really quick about the fact that the hotel should not be giving out people's addresses i have a note just about that i was like also kind of creepy. what are they thinking you don't know how things ended between them (laughs) maybe it was bad you know yeah seriously though like that's super unprofessional and like listen mr thompson is obviously a very aware individual Mm -hmm. and so he probably knew that it would be well received but (sighs) it's very sketchy it is i know it's a hotel so there's no like hipaa or anything for this but like you still can't but still giving out personal information (laughs) not just personal information where this girl lives literally oof uh then we have the fish out of water which i think was done really well um julia roberts is so charming but plays it so well seriously showing that she's the fish out of water and what i do appreciate is yes they make her feel less than for the clothes shopping but basically never anywhere else she holds her head high Mm, she does even at the oh man was it a polo match that edward takes her to yeah where the woman it was really rude of her to say oh so this is the flavor of the month i know and the way she handles it though she has all the power which is so delicious what does she say she's just like oh i'm just using him for sex yeah (laughs) (laughs) what a good comeback yeah seriously they were not prepared for that no not at all but i was like that's really mean even if it's true you don't have to say it to this girl she's done nothing right no i think that you know that's that weird high society thing where i think these women want their shot at him and so perhaps by intimidating these women they can clear the path or something i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know how that works i ain't rich (laughs) aren't some of them married though i don't know i don't remember they live a different life entirely polo polo if i was wearing 500 dollars shoes i would not be on that field (gasps) kicking divots she shouldn't be $500 at all. I'm just saying, they're probably very expensive shoes, and there's no way in hell that I would be out on that field kicking divots with those shoes. Grass stains don't come out. 
then we have the sassy best friend. And as we said, how delightful is Kit? I would not want to live with her because that would stress me out. But <laughs> I, know. I think she is, as a character, very delightful. You would just become very good at finding hiding places for your cash. I mean, she hid it in the toilet. That's pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty good hiding place. But I think it was their shared hiding place. They both knew it was uh, there. Okay, fair. <laughs> Mad funny. But I guess, yeah, Kit doesn't care. Kit's like, I've always lived here. You're new here, kid. Yeah, I can do what I want. I'm the reason that you have money anyway. <laughs> oh, and when she's just like weirding out the employees at the hotel as well, like fogging up the it's so fun. I love desk and I love them walking through the lobby of that hotel together. <laughs> and to the couple where she's like, I can't remember the number of months, but it's X amount for some time with her and for an additional fee his wife can watch. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, and then the pretty woman trope itself now. Almost like that rags to riches kind of situation. Can we talk for a minute about that big reveal? Which one? When she has that that cocktail dress on. Oh my god. And she's at the bar. Oh my. Amazing. She looks incredible. And it's such a delight to see her turn. And to see the whole thing with Edward walking through Mm -hmm. the hotel bar and not recognizing her at first. And they really milk it in the best way possible by that slow turn. Oh, yeah. And her hair is just so... Gorgeous. She looks incredible. It's really such a delight. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the opera dress. That red dress is stunning. Mm -hmm. That red dress. We'll talk about that dress later. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on to some of the shenanigans. Yes, we love the shenanigans. Shenanigans. I, I, I keep doing that. It's so much fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so much. Um, so the premise of the movie um, in and of itself is a shenanigan. Having someone who's completely unfamiliar to certain situations in those situations. I think one scene that's really indicative of that is the restaurant where Edward is meeting a potential seller of a company he's trying to acquire. But lots of other situations, like in the opera, at the polo field. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Her not knowing what to do with the forks. Um, and the charmingness of the guy whose company is going to get bought. Like, the ability for him to put her immediately at ease. Yes. Really nice. It was so nice. Also, I was, I was like, Edward, this is a kind of a big risk taking someone who you know isn't familiar with these situations for something that's really important in terms of your career and you not giving her any kind of guidance any kind of help yeah mr thompson teaches her i wonder what his play was like i wonder what his expectation of that moment was yeah like what do we think the character wanted to accomplish because he's bringing her there what just to be set dressing he knows that she's got a bigger mouth than to just sit there and be pretty for him i mean that in a good way like she's just so much fun like what does he expect her to do yeah i don't know what was going on in his mind at all yeah not really sure anyway uh the whole opening sequence as we've sort of discussed with some of the great lines is a delightful collection of shenanigans from her dodging her landlord to oh, yeah. leaving the apartment through the fire escape. It's just 
great. Oh, and you know what? I think there was even another little, thinking about the montages again, that little mini almost montage when she gets to Rodeo Drive to do all of her shopping was so interesting because like it had all these little bits and pieces of like LA culture, like look at these people on the street, look at these ladies, look at this. And then there's that convertible that drives by with the guy who has his car phone and his little kid who's got a pretend phone in the back seat. <laughs> it's just like so many good montages and so many good shenanigans in them. Yes, some of the unintentional shenanigans I think as well comes from old technology. <laughs> just the line of Edward saying, "Oh, I miss keys with the key card to the hotel room." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we've got I know it's a shenanigan that edward can't drive stick i mean i get it he's from new york he doesn't drive ever i'm sure but it's particularly bad as he's destroying that poor car's transmission and he's picked up one of the few people who would appreciate all of this as well so that's just added shenanigans it's really true and i know that it's gotten worse so maybe it wasn't quite so bad in the 80s when this was set but i know nowadays that when i walk around as a woman in my 30s people are shocked that i can drive stick shift it's not a thing here oh yes i remember in in the states it's not really a thing to drive stick it's not and so i like it already is pretty impressive that she can do that and pretty silly that he can't especially since expensive cars are such a status symbol yeah remind me why why he stole his lawyer's car i forget i think that he didn't have one or no he his car that's what it was right his car was parked behind a bunch with the valet so he just took the lawyer's car uh okay yes 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 so he just wanted to get out of that party it was miserable he saw his ex oh even that oh that was such a good one at the beginning too (laughs) so funny oh gosh did you have that written down because i forgot exactly what the joke was but he runs into his ex and it turns out she's married now yes and so um go for it because i don't remember the he was okay so it starts off with he's on the phone breaking up or his girlfriend is breaking up with him and then he runs into his ex and she's married and he asks her um i forget her name but he said did you speak to my assistant more than you spoke to me when we were dating and she said oh honey she was a bridesmaid and that is how they open this character up for the audience they introduce this character as a terrible partner that's how he's introed <laughs> and also this line from this woman who we never see again nope. it's just so great good for her women stick together she got a great friend out of a terrible relationship <laughs> yes uh, and you explained it right it was that he breaks up with his current girlfriend in New York because she, quote, speaks to yeah. the secretary yeah. more than him. And then that's how it's repeated through. Oh, well, she she's breaking up with him. Right. Oh, my goodness. It's so fun. Oh, gosh. That's such a good one right at the beginning. Yes. There's so many. Oh. Then we have the dental floss bit where Edward thinks that Vivian is stealing something from him, I guess. But she's just gone. Or she, he thinks... I thought that he thought she was hiding drugs, that she was about Uh, to take drugs in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I think that he sees her hiding something. And because, I don't know, he probably doesn't have much to steal in the bathroom. Mm, But mm -hmm. you do do drugs in a bathroom, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, all of our experience (laughs) of doing drugs. Yep, so many. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she's just flossing her teeth. 
And what a joy to move on to this next shenanigan of her singing Prince in the bath with her Walkman on. Delightful. <laughs> it's just such a pure, joyful scene. It is. It really is. Um, oh, and then he like sneaks up on her as well and she gets a fright and... She has her amazing Julia Roberts law. Yeah. Oh, isn't that when they decide on the price for the week? Because she dunks her head underwater. Yes, you're right. It is. That was a fun scene. It's a really fun little back and forth banter. And the original uh, title of the movie was supposed to be 3000 as in the $3,000 he pays her for the week. But yeah, execs thought it sounded too much like a sci-fi movie. Mm. And they definitely have a point. It's true. I think it would have been confusing that way. Mm -hmm. So the name change is definitely great. Oh, I love that little back and forth. Yeah. That scene was really cute too. The back and forth and negotiating. And she's like, I would have done it for two. And then he said, I would have paid four. Yep. <laughs> and then we have Edward being afraid of heights, but is always in the highest thing because, yeah. as he says, it's the best. She asks him point blank, then why the penthouse? And it's like, because it's the best. So it's the whole pretension of doing things because it's expected or for the optics mm-hmm. instead of actually doing the thing you want to do, which is just absurd it's crazy and then also at the opera they're in the what do you call it like the the box those box seats yeah and she's like i thought you're afraid of heights and he says it's the best i'm like guy come on it's the best (laughs) come on he says that a lot (laughs) he does but then it's a really nice payoff because the part of the big grand gesture is him climbing up the fire escape despite being afraid of heights because she's the best i still don't that was silly to me. Not necessary. No, she could have fuzzed him up. Yeah, makes for a good scene, though. Let's film this on the balcony of the little fire escape. I keep calling it a balcony. I'm a New Yorker. That's a balcony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the closest thing to a balcony you're going to get, and so you use it like one. Um. I mean, my former roommate put about 30 plants on our balcony, so she made good use of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we used to sit with our feet hanging off the windowsill, like, towards the balcony and, like, have little picnics and stuff, so... That's adorable. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, gosh. So that's all fun, and I'm not mad about that, but holy moly, like, buzz a guy up. <laughs> uh, and let's not forget, because I know we mentioned it earlier, but all of the Marys in the store for the shopping montage. Just the whole shopping montage is also fun. <laughs> Edward tells the manager, more sucking up, please. And he goes, uh, you look like a very powerful man, sir. That's Seriously? <laughs> and Edward's like, no, her. <laughs> Suck up to her. Oh, gosh. Oh, those are all of the wonderful, beautiful, fun shenanigans. But I guess we should definitely hit some of the poopy shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm grateful anytime that I get to watch something where Jason Alexander is either real schmucky or maybe even a total creep, or maybe both, like, when he's in Seinfeld. But, like, we didn't need that sexual predator moment at the end. We really didn't. It was an excuse, I guess, for Richard to come in and save the day, but it was just not... But what did he even do, really? Punched him, that's it. I guess, okay, maybe, let me not. Oh, yeah, so I wasn't, I'm not in love with that part. He interrupted what was going on. I guess why I said what did he even do is because I think I felt dissatisfied with the way he handled things with Richard. Oh, in what way? Like, 
he was more upset by the betrayal of what it seemed to be like how dare he infringe on his property Mm, yeah doing it for the wrong reasons he seemed to me just he seemed to me to be more upset about the betrayal yeah of edward than of the fact that he was being violent towards a woman i think that's what bothered me a little bit about how edward interrupted that situation okay yeah 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 Mm -hmm. i see what you mean that's definitely valid Oh, and speaking of their relationship with one another, the two men, can I just say I was weirdly surprised. I don't know what people's moral beliefs are on this stuff. I don't really care. But (laughs) this movie, in a very small way, is a little bit of an ode to Marxism. (laughs) I was dying. I could not believe the conversations they were having early on in the movie when their relationship is sort of blossoming between Vivian and Edward. She asks him a bunch of questions about what he does. And so he says, you know, Mm -hmm. I buy companies and then I sell them. And she's like, so you don't make anything. And it really wounded him. He doesn't make anything. He he acquires and then chops them up and then redistributes the wealth of of the company, whatever. And so she is really critical of it as a job. He doesn't make anything. And then later Although, on... to be fair, Vivian doesn't make anything either. Well, she makes people happy. Uh, that's true. Yeah, she makes love. She still provides a service. And, like, that's the whole, like, Marxism thing, right? She provides a service where you create something. Mm-hmm. But, like, Edward goes on later to the lawyer and asks, hey, why do we do this? Why do we do this? We don't make anything. And the lawyer says... We make money. (laughs) And he's so put off by the fact that they don't make anything. And he's starting to come to terms with like how shitty this kind of is as a job Mm -hmm. that he ends up torpedoing the deal as a result. So like in a very weird way, it is a small shout out to Marxism, this movie. That's the true romance of the movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seize the means of production, I guess. Um, and then another one that's, uh, I know it's meant to be sweet, this moment where uh, previously Vivian laid out her boundaries, she said she does everything uh, except kiss on the mouth, and then while Edward is sleeping, she goes and kisses him on the mouth, and both of us have opinions on this. Yeah, I'm... It's just kind of creepy. It's creepy because of what I've heard previously called implied consent. If I am in a committed relationship with someone and we've been together for a while, there can be an expectation of implied consent versus they've not been together long enough that it feels necessarily okay for her to just do that. It's less than a week. Yeah. It's... Mm, and then like it it made me think so much look it up um if you haven't heard of it but it's the tea theory that explains consent um where they say that if someone has said they'd like a cup of tea and while you've gone to make the tea they've fallen asleep you as a reasonable person would not go and try and pour the tea down their throat uh, that's a ver- uh, oversimplification, but it, it was very much that. Because in a previous scene, Richard Gere did try to initiate a kiss. And I also have an issue with that scene because 
She's already set the boundary of she doesn't kiss on the mouth. I understand if in the moment maybe you're getting a vibe, you're feeling something to go in the first time. But she pulls back and then he goes in a second time. Yep. It's like, Edward, what are you doing? It's not okay. Not okay. But so one could say from that that he wants tea, i.e. he wants a kiss from her. But this man is sleeping now. Mm -hmm. He's sleeping. There's no way to determine if he wants tea or not. Yeah. And it's also just, we understand, we get it. The point is that she's created the rule, she's created a boundary, and that she's choosing to step over it, which is yes, meant to indicate her falling in love in a real way. But this is perpetuated trauma that she keeps doing to herself with, like, that she falls in love too quickly mm-hmm. and she can be maybe too impulsive when she falls in love. Like, all of these factors make this a very uncomfortable moment. Yes, and... I I do understand in terms of the character growth and showing that she's softening and she's opening herself up. But I think you could still achieve that by having that scene when he is awake, like to watch that play out and his response to her crossing that line, you know, Mm -hmm. like it would have been interesting to see his reaction to, oh, this is actually happening now. Yeah. And how he feels about that. So I I just agree with all of that. It's not the worst thing that's ever been put in a movie. Oh, not by a long shot. But it's not great. (laughs) No, not great. Yeah. uh, Before we move on to like the next section, one more really fun shenanigan. At the end, after they've broken up, she's left. She's getting ready to move to San Francisco, which is mad cute, by the way, because she fell in love with San Francisco because of the opera. I love it. I know. So while she's getting ready and packing and everything, (laughs) it's way too on the nose. But I was giddy and delighted by the fact that they used it must have been love is the song are you kidding me <laughs> must have been love but, but it's all over now it is all over it's literally all over it's over and it must have been love she wanted to kiss him it's all over now though i'm moving to san francisco this song is too much it's over but it must have been <laughs> <laughs> but it was fabulous from now on if people break up in a movie i'm gonna just sing that song without anyone's permission (laughs) but with my support okay good (laughs) now on to the fun fab fail on on so i think that we were mostly in agreement that yes oh man there are moments watching this movie because it uh time has not been so kind to this movie so There are moments where I wanted to give it a fail, but simply for the insanely fun and witty dialogue, I gotta give it a fun. It's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. The dialogue is so much fun. The supporting and featuring cast is delightful. Really well cast. Really well done. And they just like throw away these really funny lines and throw away is a positive thing for those people who aren't actors they're not making a meal out of it right just needed to clarify and since we watched this when we were kids i was wondering if that has perhaps also affected how we view it and i will explain why um i grew up watching sound of music mary poppins my fair lady and there was another movie called 
bed knobs and broomsticks. I don't know if you ever saw it. I I feel like it sounds really familiar, but I can't remember. Now, I'd never watched this movie, and a classmate of mine when I was in high school lent me her VHS copy, and I watched it, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Mary Poppins, for example. And I wonder if that's because I was coming to it as a teenager and hadn't grown up with this movie, loving this movie, and having a special place of nostalgia and comfort. Mm. So I don't know if that's what's at play here for us. I know. My gut instinct is to say because Julie Andrew and Dick Van Dyke, but <laughs> I respect where you're... I'm just kidding. I just... <laughs> I, I do see where you're coming from. I think that the movies you do grow up with and the movies around you can make a big difference. I do remember it being a movie that by the time I have long-term memories that are really setting in, um, this was a movie that played on television regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so this that was definitely the first time that I watched it was at one yes. point my mom must have been watching it in the living room. It was playing on whatever cable channel with commercials and maybe some of the dialogue was changed in post so that it didn't have anything too, you know, R-rated. Mm-hmm. And I did watch it as a kid, but I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember any of the sex stuff Neither did at I. all. It was just two people falling in love. When we were texting, and I don't know either if I just watched a heavily edited version of this movie when I was growing up but when we were texting back and forth I was like wait what I forgot that they were intimate yeah and that's a big part of the movie like there are several sex scenes several or at least like implied sex scenes with they literally show her in the process of beginning a blowjob yes I wonder if this is going to be an ongoing theme that I've just rewritten movies <laughs> for, for myself. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Maybe they cut that stuff for the TV version. Maybe, maybe it wasn't yeah. actually present in the versions we watched. Anyway, that whole tangent was just to say maybe we prejudiced, but this is our podcast. so The whole thing is. <laughs> so whatever. Yes. Oh, goodness. So yeah, I think it's solidly a fun. Solidly a fun. Uh, at times kind of a fail, but it's it, the dialogue is truly truly fun and some great shenanigans some great execution of tropes yeah like that was a a a plus meet cute a plus all right i think we're on to the fun bit what do you mean this whole thing was fun i know you're right it is all fun but now give me the cheese please (laughs) yay cheese 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 all right yeah okay ready okay one two pre-crumbled store brand gorgonzola (laughs) (laughs) you have another complex one i have another basic one oh my gosh okay i went first last time it's your turn i want to hear about this pepper jack so the pepper jack this is a californian cheese and this movie is set in california or is of california smart the pepper jack also started off as something else which is a monterey jack is that the correct pronunciation yeah monterey i think monterey jack so it started off as something else as did this movie it was originally meant to be a lot darker and the pepper jack element is that this movie has a little bit of spice in it. <laughs> it is also used in many things so this cheese is very popular with quesadillas and burritos and such because it's a good melting cheese 
And this movie is used in many Ooh. other movies and rom-coms. And its origins also come from My Fair Lady and Pygmalion. So it's a very well-used, versatile cheese from California. I love this. That was all so good. Evan actually have some overlap with yours. Okay, here we go. Oh, yay. That's great. Okay, give it to me. Yes, pre-crumbled store brand Gorgonzola. Here's why. It's pre-crumbled and it's wrapped in plastic. It's accessible. It's ready to go. It's versatile, the same that you said. (laughs) You can put it on a salad, but you can also melt it on a burger because much like this movie, it doesn't stand up to the heat. So, yeah, that was one of my feelings about it because under criticism, it kind of falls to pieces. (laughs) But ultimately, it's a good thing to have, right? It's a good thing to have in your fridge. Mm -hmm. All right. It's got good flavor. It's more accessible because it's the mildest of the blue cheeses. But at the end of the day, it still kind of stinks. (laughs) Wow. You're welcome. I'm here all week. (laughs) So much shade. (laughs) (laughs) And that's my cheese. Although, I like stinky cheese. I do too. I just, yeah, you know, the movie, it's not, it, Gorgonzola's not the stinkiest cheese, but it kind of stinks. It's not. I thought that was very fair. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. That was great. Well, there you have it. That was our discussion of Pretty Woman. Let us know your thoughts on the movie, any shenanigans we have missed, or what kind of cheese you think this movie is. Yes. Please tell us if you agree, disagree, or tell us yours. You can find us on Instagram at shenanigansinsuepod, or we forgot to mention it last week, but if you have more long-form thoughts, you can email us at shenanigansinsue at gmail.com. If you have a real argument for your cheese that doesn't fit into an Instagram DM, please email us. Yes, I want to hear all about it. We hope you'll join us next time, and... Until then, in case we forget to tell you later, we had a real good time tonight. Bye. Bye.